welcome one and all to episode number two of the Grandmasters Chatcast with Grandmaster Daryl Freeman and myself, Dan Tooker. Can you believe it, Worshipful Brother, that uh, we are doing episode two now? I, you know, it, it's 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 refreshing uh, having done number one and now number two. Uh, I can't wait to see what number 10 is going to look like. <laughs> I'm actually, I, I was more excited about doing this one than I was the first one because we really didn't know what to talk about. We didn't really know, have much guidance. Uh, there was some technical stuff, but excited about episode number two because we will be having our, our very first guest. Uh, Skylar Watson is going to talk to us about Masonic etiquette. I know something that is important to you as well as me, but before we get to finding out why you were in Seattle. I do have some uh, podcast facts for you. Uh, we had 98 downloads in the uh, first podcast, so that was exciting. Hopefully we can get over 100 on uh, episode number two. But this is what I found interesting is we had people download the podcast from two countries. So here in the United States, and I don't know where the other one abroad was. Um, wow. You know, I consider Kentucky a different country, so maybe it was somebody from <laughs> Kentucky, but uh, I thought that was was pretty good. Uh, first question to you is any feedback on your travels about episode one and the podcast in general? I have had some feedback and uh, and and pretty much a thank you uh, for doing it. Uh, I did talk to a, a young Mason last night, uh, very young, he's 20. And said he he really enjoyed it, and he said it encourages him to uh, to dive deeper, and, uh, and and he said this is the way that people like me get information. So yeah, I was encouraged by that, and uh, that's why we're why we're doing this, Dan. Yeah, it's all about education and communication. So uh, I I have to say welcome back. Uh, you were in Seattle for several days. I saw that on on Facebook. So. Uh, whenever you take a trip as a grandmaster in your year, I think it's a Masonic trip in, in some way, shape, or form. What were you doing in Seattle? Uh, we were there for two conferences. Um, first, the Midwest Conference of Grand Lodges uh, kind of pairs, some time ago, paired up with the North, North American Conference of Grand Masters. And I think there, everybody was going to be in place so that that was there. Uh, that was the first uh, day. Uh, that was Friday. It was hosted by uh, the Grand Lodge of Illinois. Uh, and everyone got to speak, all of the jurisdictions, and kind of give an update where they're at, what they're doing. Um, what I heard was is, is what I've already been thinking about and talking about, and it's been talked about in Iowa, is marketing, getting more awareness out there about the fraternity, uh, getting past uh, our problems and our issues uh, in the areas of membership, and getting back to the fundamentals. Uh, you know, reinvigorating our lodges, get more activity, certainly making it community-based and service-based, uh, and the rest will take care of itself. So my question is, is when you say Midwest, because I'm a Midwesterner at heart, right? So what states were there? Like Michigan, Illinois, Missouri. Uh, we have Kansas, Nebraska, North and South Dakota, Minnesota, Iowa, and then also uh, Manitoba. Is the Midwest, is it that group of states because we adopted a certain part of the ritual or is it something else? I think it, 
I, I don't know exactly how it all started, but I, I think they have invited some. Some have left and come back. Uh, but it was a joint, here's our area. And basically, a lot of our border states, of course, oh, I forgot Wisconsin. I can't forget Wisconsin. No. Uh, they're in there, too. And uh, But it, it's just a lot of synergy. We certainly have a lot of the same, you know, those Midwest values. Okay, we're all Midwest nice. And uh, it, it, it it's just, it's a great time. And we can easily travel to those jurisdictions as well. What can you tell our listeners about maybe another jurisdiction or another state that you learned something about that they do things differently than Iowa masonry. You know, a good example is in Illinois. I know the grandmaster serves two years mm-hmm. instead of one year. So what can you give us? Uh, you know, in, in getting to know uh, quite a few of those officers over there in Illinois and, and the two years, uh, they certainly have a membership base that's pretty diverse. If you go North to South in Illinois, uh, you know, they're so much broader, uh, but uh, what they're doing and, and they use their resources very well and, and they basically rebranded themselves. And I, I really think it's something, uh, you know, it's Illinois Masons. We care. Mm-hmm. And it, it sounds simplistic, but it says a lot. And yep. I, and I think that's something, uh, you know, we might be able to do uh, here in Iowa is to, rebrand or, uh, make more significance to, you know, what we're about. And, uh, I think it's something we could, we could pursue. You know, as somebody with a marketing background, I loved hearing you say, you know, the marketing, we talked a lot about marketing, you know, when you go to any grand lodge, you kind of hear the same thing year over year over year. Membership is, is declining. We need to get people back to the lodges. You know, it's, if you've been to one, you've been to, you know, three. And and I hate saying that. So it sounds like this was a little different, that it was more focused forward, mm-hmm. uh, which we've been trying to do with, IMAS- with Iowa Masonry for a while now, than the same old song and dance. Is that accurate? Yeah, I, I believe that is accurate. And I think, uh, you know, both, uh, you know, past Grandmaster Post and past Grandmaster Wiley, uh, you know, started that process. And now... I think we're past the point of talking about it. And, you know, and I said in many of my talks, it's like, today's the day that we right. got to get in the game. And, and, and how do we move this forward? And what are we going to do individually uh, to move it forward? And I think marketing is going to help us with that, to tell our story a little better and, and perhaps a little more consistently. All right. Now, there's a second convention. So is one like one day and then the next is like the next two days? How does that break out? Yeah, the Midwest Conference goes. It's a Friday all day uh, of, of event. Uh, and then we, they have a dinner, of course, and the ladies are invited. Can anybody go then, to that? Sorry to interrupt, but can anybody go to that or do you have to be invited? I believe you have to be invited. Yeah, okay. it's basically the contingents. Uh, you know, some of the grand jurisdictions bring more than just the grand master uh, or the grand secretary. Uh, and so they're all invited they're, You know, you sign up uh, and that. And if you're there, you, you come. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's that's the, that day. Saturday was kind of a free day for us. And then the conference of grand master started on Sunday. And uh, that was kind of fun. We took the excursion, went up to Space Needle and uh, saw some of the sights of uh, Seattle. So that was fun. 
Yeah, Seattle's a good town. So what were some of the takeaways? Because you were, you were texting me and you were like, man, I have a lot of stuff for the podcast. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to challenge you. Like, what, what are some of the tidbits that, that you, you pulled from there? Well, as part of the uh, North American conference, of course, there's a lot of, uh, you know, reports. Uh, we get uh, presentations from the youth groups and things like that. <clears throat> Excuse me. And there were several break-in sessions. Uh, uh, there are several committees of, of the conference, and one being the Masonic Renewal Committee. Also, the Masonic Service Association is, is one of the committees of, uh, of, the, of the conference. But uh, just everything was, and the, even the chairman, the planning committee, uh, it was about getting back to fundamentals, getting back to the marketing. Uh, the one first speaker that I wrote down, I thought this was, was excellent, uh, just gave a talk about that. He was from Washington. I forget what office he has and his name, but to align lodge values to purpose, purpose to deliver content and content to educate. And, uh, and the result of all of that is retention. So it really made me think. And, and one of the key points was as a lodge to, for your membership, to keep them informed, to keep them involved and keep them inspired. And that's quite a challenge uh, to keep your member membership base, your roster of your lodge, to be inspired, to be inspired about being a Mason. And I think we need to develop tools or uh, whatever. Uh, I think I, I know there's lodges in Iowa that do this uh, left and right. And how they do it, 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 it's all different. But they keep their membership inspired. And they keep coming to lodge. How do you how do you inspire people in lodge? I think it's through education, uh, to you know, and to, and an orientation, an enrollment, uh, whatever you want to call it, uh, but to make them inspired and to be proud of of who they are as a Freemason. Uh, one of the things that we do at, at my lodge in Polk City is uh, uh, we have had a, a good history there. Uh, we do do uh, uh, an education. Uh, it's more about education than probably not as formal uh, as a lot of lodges, but uh, we keep the business meeting short and people come. I mean, we're a small lodge. We have 52 members, but when you get 20 guys coming to your state at meeting, uh, that means something. Yeah, that is. That's a good house if you have 20 in a, in a stated meeting. You know, one thing I remember, no, and I, I saw like a meme on it or something and you know, it said nobody became a Mason to go to meetings, <laughs> you know, and that's, you, you sit there and you look at it and there's some lodges, all they do is the stated meeting, right? They don't do anything else. They do the stated meeting and that's, that, that's the thing. And I mean, the stated meeting is probably my least favorite thing about being a Mason. I'm in enough meetings. So there's, do they have any uh, good ideas there that you wanted to share that, that maybe, you know, some of our, our lodges can, benefit from well i i think part of that is the tools uh uh just thinking out loud and and what i've seen uh the masonic renewal committee if you go to their website just search for it uh they have a lot of uh different things that uh can get lodges active uh but uh, the marketing tools and and all of that tied into you know that not just a man a mason campaign uh, mm -hmm. all those things that uh, are free 
uh, for lodges to use. I, I think it's time that all of us, you know, kind of get into that. Uh, I don't know if it's consistency or branding or uh, something that's identifiable to the general public that we are not just a man, we are a Mason and, or, or whatever, uh, anything else that can inspire people that to stay active. Yeah, I'm a Mason. I, I, I need to get reactivated. And, and I've talked to a couple of uh, Masons that uh, even last evening, yeah, I, I don't go to my blue lodge and I want to get active. Well, uh, let me help you with that. You know, uh, let's get back. Yeah, I think uh, in, I, you're making reference to you went to the potentate ball last night. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think that, you know, I I adore all the different um, appending bodies, uh, but it, it's real easy to get involved with one and forget Blue Lodge, right? And I think we see that happen all the time. And um, I've had the opportunity to get more in touch with just because of my circumstance of, of not being in Iowa that, you know, Blue Lodge is really what I've been doing a lot of. And I've really enjoyed it. You know, I really enjoyed taking a step back and, and really just focusing on Blue Lodge. And I mean, people forget we need those Blue Lodges to fill, fill the appending bodies. So I think that's a that's a really, really valid point. And uh, I, I like that they talked about that. When you talk about marketing, did they talk specifically about social media or did they talk about, you know, uh, websites or anything like that? And uh, I think it was Wisconsin uh, at the Midwest uh, Conference of Grand Lodges. They talked about their uh, marketing campaign through social media and, and they've also done other things. I mean, they have uh, billboards on the sides of semi trailers uh, and things like that, too. And they've had contests of, okay, where's, where's the trailer this week? Uh, right. But, uh, which is really kind of fun. Uh, don't know that, we'll, you know, we have that kind of resource, uh, resources in Iowa to do something like that. But uh, there are things that social media can, can really help with uh, in targeted areas, certainly for targeted audiences they talked about. And uh, I just think there's some things that uh, we might be able to do, maybe collaboratively do, uh, but when you talked about the appended bodies, I, everything I talked and I belong to several, uh, but where, uh, they preach and I've heard it from the valleys, the shrine temples and, and even, uh, chapters and councils and, and commanderies, uh, go to your blue lodge, a successful blue lodge will help everybody. And it helps all the, all of us in this, uh, in this thing we call Iowa masonry. So any more that you want to bring up about the uh, trip to Seattle? Uh... Just one last thing. And, uh, and that's the work of the, uh, of the Scottish Rite uh, Northern jurisdiction uh, and Linda patch specifically, because she's the marketing consultant for that. Uh, and they've produced materials. that's called the path forward. They're the ones that developed everything for not just a man, a Mason. Uh, if you go to be, be a freemason.org, there's uh, videos and, and everything out there uh, that you can use and, and add to your social media posts. Uh, but uh, she brought back a lot of statistical information. Uh, we, they certainly have uh, prospects that come through there. We received them in Iowa. And uh, she talked about, you know, and they do it on a national uh, scale. Mm -hmm. And they surveyed 
the ones that had come through and 68% of them had never been contacted, you know, and, uh, wow. and I, that surprised me, um, because I know what happens in Iowa. Uh, we, uh, the grand secretary, Craig, uh, sends them to either the grand secretary or somebody in that lodge that he knows, cause he knows so many. And, uh, and I was talking to a couple and I've had, we've had some at Polk city and I've met with some of them and that, but the interesting statistic, I mean, it's just like anything else, you know, you have a lot, you have some interest, uh, in this and that you speak to them, but not everybody's going to become a Mason and we get that, but their, their findings were that one in three will. So I think it's a great opportunity. I, I've talked, maybe we can get a more formal process, but I encourage lodges to take some of the heat off the secretary because I am one, but to, uh, <laughs> <laughs> not because of that, but, uh, <laughs> no, to, <you're> <laughs> to select someone in the lodge that, uh, is well-versed, uh, has a good message and to be that prospect manager, uh, yeah. if, if nothing else, uh, to be that first line of contact, uh, with someone that has interest in becoming a Mason and to be, be able to meet with that person and, and tell them about the lodge and, and, and find out why they want to become a Mason and, uh, get to know them even before they are handed a petition. I'm telling you, as soon as you raise somebody and if you can get them active and, and I would recommend they be the ones that, you know, if you have somebody that you can trust and, and somebody that mm -hmm. represents the lodge very well and is a recently a raised Mason, that that's the best to have do that because they're going to reach out to their friends. They're going to reach out to family members. They're going to reach out, you know, they're, they're going to, you know, they're more likely more active on social media and it's just going to blossom from there. So I think that's a really, really good point because a lot of times it is left up to, to the secretary. And I can't tell you how many lodges um, I've IM'd uh, because they've been on Facebook and said, hey, I want to visit your lodge and you never hear anything back. So, um, you know, you got to, you know, uh, you got to man that stuff. So great point. So uh, obviously there's been other things uh, you've been up to and, and doing over the, the last month. Is there any anything that you want to talk about as far as lodges that you visited or any degrees that you've participated in? Uh, it was kind of a dormant period, uh, certainly. I, I did uh, quite a few installations uh, that got me out. Uh, that was always fun, uh, kind of give up get the message, but, uh, behind the scenes we've been working on and, and, uh, working with the lodge service committee. And, uh, I'm really excited for next Saturday, uh, for our leadership rally, uh, three great speakers coming in. And it's an opportunity that I, I'm really proud of, uh, what the LSC is doing. Uh, and you know, they're getting ready for their spring neighborhood area meetings. And I'm excited about that. I'm excited about what they're going to be doing uh, and making more contact with the lodges. And, uh, and that's one of the things that, uh, you know, we wanted to do. And, uh, and I'm, I'm glad they've picked the ball up and, uh, and we'll have, you know, what other things are going on. And, and uh, I think this will be a good segue. Uh, Skylar Watson is a, a key member on that committee and there's several good ones. They're all good. Uh, but uh, Kelly Bruce, the new deputy grand secretary is uh uh, really putting together a good thing. We're going to have more materials on the Grandview set, uh, training area for uh, for references, but uh, that initial contact and everything, and, and 
you know, I, I'm excited for spring. I'm a baseball fan and we're, we're right into <laughs> spring training. And so yeah. this to me is a big kickoff, uh, for spring training and, uh, and to get us back active and, and going again in, in, uh, in our grand lodge here. Well, uh, you mentioned him and, uh, we've mentioned him a couple times, so let's bring him on. Uh, please welcome, uh, the master of Adele Lodge number 80 and a master of Memorial Lodge number three, he, master of two lodges in one year. I don't know. I, we might have to check his head after this. Uh, he's also on the Lodge Service Committee of the Grand Lodge of Iowa and the marketing team with the Iowa Masonic Charities Corporation and a member of the Scottish Rite in the Des Moines Valley and a Shrine member. Skyler, welcome to the show. We appreciate you coming on. You are our very first guest, so uh, thanks for enduring this. I appreciate it, and I'm honored to be here, so thanks for the invite. So we're going to talk about masonic um etiquette and i think that when i heard we were going to discuss this the first thing and i'm kind of a pessimist is i think when you go to a lodge i think everybody has their own little pet peeves right and one of my pet peeves is is when we have a candidate and we open lodge and then we then take the break to prepare the candidate and everybody's joking around in the lodge and, and it gets kind of loud in the lodge as we're preparing the, the candidate. Is that the kind of etiquette that we're talking about? Or is it, you know, etiquette when I go to visit another lodge? So the educational I'm doing would encompass both. So the, uh, the rules on how we perform business, uh, but also etiquette in terms of what you mentioned there of, you know, if the candidates in the preparation room, maybe we shouldn't be laughing. They might have, they might not understand why we're laughing. Right. Um, so uh, that's part of it. The um, huge emphasis on this educational is the why, getting back to the why. Uh, and an example of that is we've been talking a lot uh, about change. And there's things as Masons that we've been doing for a hundred of years because it's core to who we are as Masons. And to change those things would be to change who we are. But there are also things that we've been doing for hundreds of years because it's turned into a habit. And if you don't understand the distinction between the two of why we've been doing things for so long and things that are core to, to who we are, um, then it's hard to change. And so that's uh, also a huge reason. So when you say habit, are you saying like a bad habit, like that this has been passed down from generation to generation to generation that they've been doing something wrong in a lodge? Or are you just saying that, you know, um, they've created their own, say, ritual or own etiquette in their lodge? Yeah, own etiquette and, and lodge. Um, and that could be local lodge or it could be at the Grand Lodge level. I think a great example of that is uh, going digital with Grandview. Right. There is technology is not something that's been new. Um, having uh, websites is something that's not not new. And we're just now starting to build that momentum over the last couple of years of moving things online. So what has been what started this? Like what made you start this whole rabbit hole that you went down? So I started this for. Uh, last year, I did a lot of educationals around the state on uh, the memory palace techniques, so memorization. And I visited, I think, about 11 different lodges. And there was uh, 
some lodges that weren't having the same type of behavior as we would expect them to have or that I was used to seeing. And so I had conversations with uh, Ted Wiley last year and a couple other PGMs. And that's, that's what turned this into. It's, it, it's not that people don't want to do things right. It's just they don't have the, the resource that they're doing it wrong. And so this is an opportunity to help educate lodges on what the proper etiquette is. And so I partnered with uh, or am partnering with Terry Osborne. Okay, very good. Well, I'll just interject here, and I and I, I welcome this. I know Skyler talked to me about it, and uh, I know he's done a, a couple of test runs, I think. And I, and the thing of it is, there are there is local lodge etiquette and traditions, and I think those are important too. Uh, but uh, but I think the general general theme of the customs, courtesies, and the etiquette of when we are in a tiled lodge uh, is very important. And so I, I think this will be a great service uh, to our lodges that perhaps uh, have forgotten uh, the traditions and, and, and things like that. And, and maybe they could start new ones. Um, and that's, that'd be a good thing too. So I welcome uh, Skylar doing this and uh, having that as part of a, uh, a contact with lodges that maybe we don't necessarily have a lot of contact with. Skylar, what, when you were doing your research, what were some of the things, like what were some of the, I don't want to call them infractions because that seems like a really harsh word, but what were some of the things that you saw that were the most common mistakes uh, made in, in lodges that you visited? Yeah, so I think the most common one that I've seen when traveling, last year I went to 69 different lodges, and uh, the most common thing I saw was not purging lodge. Um, that, that happened quite a bit. Uh, I would say about 80% of the time, if I had a, had a guess was not purging lodge was a, was a huge one. Okay. And was that just because you were new there and they didn't even really purge lodge or is it because they knew who you were? I mean, what, why was that the case? So it, it was, I think twofold in some cases, people really thought that the ritual um, allowed or allows for um, purging and not purging. So you purge the lodge if you're unsure if everybody is a, a mason, uh, and then if you're if you're confident that everybody here is a mason, you don't have to purge lodge. And so I think part of that um, was a genuine reason. And then I think the other part is uh, people didn't realize that that was part of ritual. They just over time the the lodge started uh, slipping on ritual or or taking components of the ritual out. And generation after generation, that just was a learned behavior. Is this specific to, you know, etiquette before lodge starts opening and closing? Or do you actually get into, okay, in first degree, into second degree, and third degree, the, these are some of the things that, that we're missing? So right now we've uh, done this educational once and it was just, uh, it didn't cover the ritual aspect. We do intend on um, expanding this to include the degrees and etiquette throughout the degrees. Right now it uh, encompasses from the point I walk in the door. So I've never been to this lodge before. Uh, who do I need to find to be able to prove that I'm a mate? Uh, then after that, walking into the lodge room door, do I talk to the, to the do I talk to the Tyler? Um, so just why do we open? 
so again, I want to have a huge emphasis on, on the whys. So for example, we, we open Lodge for, I feel, a couple different reasons, but one, to recenter ourselves. We're trying to separate uh, the outside world from the experience that we're about to have. And so it's a form of meditation. Uh, um, last year, and the Lodge was a great escape for me because every time we had open Lodge or finished opening Lodge, I did not think about a single thing. Um, after Lodge was open. And that was, it was amazing. It was a form of meditation. And so we opened Lodge for that reason, because it recenters ourselves. Uh, Napoleon Hill uh, wrote a book called The Law of Success. And he talks about when you have a group of alike people together, uh, you create a hive mind is what he calls it. And the words that he uses is peace and harmony. So you have a peace, uh, peaceful and harmonic um, organization to better collaborate because you're all on the same uh, rhythm um, and, and thinking. So uh, that's why we open Lodge. One of the most impressive lodges that I went to was actually in Tennessee. And I, I bring this up because of the meditation standpoint, but what they did was 30 minutes before Lodge opened, they dimmed the lights in the lodge and uh they had a recording and it, it it was like the um 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 and everybody was in the gathering area and people went into lodge at different times when they were ready to go in and say meditate and they would you would walk in there and prior to the lodge opening it, you could have been in there 30 minutes or you could have been in there five minutes but other than it was dead silence, there was nobody talking to each other. It was a total moment of meditation. And I took so much from that, from the standpoint, I started thinking of my great grandfather, who was a Mason, my, both my grandfathers that were Masons, and it was just an, an amazing experience. And then they went into opening and I was impressed that there was, you know, there was nobody talking there, there, there wasn't anybody, you know, joking around about the ritual it was all about the meditation. And I, I, I love that you, you mentioned that. And I, I think that's a really, really valid point. And I think, I think that's part of the ritual that most lodges, I will say, have gotten away from. And uh, I think that's, that's a, a really, really valid point. Uh, when you talk about visiting other lodges, you went to 69. I've been to quite a few myself. I know Daryl has been to a ton. Um, did you ever have to do anything different or anything special? I've, I've been to lodges where they actually had an investigating committee sit down with me, asked me a couple of questions, and I was required to, to do the Tyler's Oath and, and, and different things like that. Anything like that? Yeah. Um, in Texas, uh, I, my, I have a friend that I, I work with. Uh, prior to COVID, I traveled 250 days a year so a lot of coworkers uh, around the world. And so I, one of my friends or friends and coworkers is from Texas. So I got him to petition to a Texas lodge. Uh, so I flew down for his degrees and I walked in and first thing I did was, uh, you know, degree's going to start in half hour. I don't want to be right. you know, the awkward one, try it. Like nobody can vouch for me. Uh, so I went to the secretary and the secretary had, I think it was the three principal officers uh, pulled me aside in the preparation room 
and they took the took the Bible and they all had uh, they all held the corner of the Bible each, and then my right hand had to be on the Bible and I had to recite the uh, the Tyler's oath, and then they repeated it back. Uh, the funny thing was, he the response was, "It's close enough." <laughs> yeah. and, and and I was like, "Wait a minute! I I know this is right because uh, the Ashler Award, which I just got, right? The, the, like I just did that two days ago with the like I know it's right." And and so that was uh, the point where we realized that our Tyler Tyler's oaths aren't the same between yeah. uh, di- different jurisdictions. But that was uh, some etiquette um, and and procedures that we. Um, don't do as as strict here in Iowa, at least from the experience that I've seen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Daryl, have you seen it? Had to do anything different? Uh, you know, I I just have one pet peeve, and I hope you're talking about this. Uh, is it okay for me to check my uh, cell phone during lot? <laughs> uh, yeah, I see that a lot. But I, you mentioned the Tyler's oath, and and that's that's a piece of education that our lodges should be teaching. And uh, so that everybody's aware of it. Um, it, It's a small thing to learn, uh, but it does come in handy if you're uh, end up being traveling to another lodge or another jurisdiction for sure. You know, I I've noticed in a lot of lodges that the etiquette during even the stated meeting gets sloppy, like even, you know, addressing the master, and, you know, especially when there is conversation being had between multiple people, you know, what I, I know what the protocol is, but then you sit there and go, oh, well, how realistic is that for somebody to sta- stand up every time? And you, you see it a lot, especially with the secretary and the master, because they're going back and forth. I mean, what's the etiquette there? Yeah, so um, like you said, if uh, if you're if you're wanting to talk, right, you, you stand up um, and you address the master, um, and and only one person's to be talking at a time. And I speak to this better than me, but my understanding of why you're standing up is to make sure that people aren't talking over each other, and it's an easy way to identify who has the floor, so to speak, who whose opportunity is it to talk. Um, and you're actually supposed to wait to speak until the master um, addresses you. So you don't just stand up and, and talk to them or just start talking. Uh, you wait for the master to acknowledge and to give you the floor. Okay. Well, I'm sure a lot of people have a lot of questions and you're going to be speaking. Is it, is it next weekend, Daryl, that the leadership conference is? Uh, the leadership conference is this Saturday, uh, but I know that Skyler's, and the Lodge Service Committee, they'll have a little uh, announcement of they have uh, a lot of meetings set up uh, all across the state. And and also another uh, thing, uh, they call it uh, a MAM. I'm not, maybe educate me. I uh, can't remember what that is. It's a but MAM? Yeah. Uh, Skylar, what's a MAM stand for? Oh, you put me on the spot. I am putting you on the spot. <laughs> Look, if we're going to throw acronyms down, somebody's got to have the right? answer to it, uh, right? Yeah. So they're 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 educationals. I can't remember what the MAM stands for, um, but they're they're educationals that we intend on doing around the state uh, throughout different local lodges. So similar to uh, what I was doing last year with the Memory Palace, and my intentions this year with the. Um, um, Masonic etiquette. Uh, we're just going to do that at a larger scale with um, everybody 
on the LSE. Okay, great. Uh, if you can hang around, Skyler, we do have one question, um, and I received this question from a newly raised Master Mason, and I thought we could kick it around a little bit because I thought it was pretty interesting. It says, uh, I'm a newly raised Master Mason, and I'm interested in joining one of the appending bodies. My question is, which one would you recommend that I join next and why? And is that the path you personally chose? So I thought that was kind of interesting because when I became a master Mason, I then joined the shrine down in Texas uh, because I knew some people that were in the shrine in Texas. And then I came back to Iowa and then joined the Scottish Rite. And then the last thing I was, uh, I joined the York Rite. But after seeing everything, I kind of wish I would have stepped from being a master Mason into the York, right? Just based on how the ritual was a little bit closer together. I'd love to get your guys' thoughts on that. Well, I'll go I ahead think and start. It, uh, yeah, go. yeah, basically I was invited. Um, and, uh, and not long after I became a master Mason to, uh, to join, uh, Des Moines York, right. And, uh, and then, of course, naturally, I progressed to a Scottish Rite and then Shrine. Uh, I know a lot of people take that path, and 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 I think there's you know opportunities and and probably some synergy there, especially between uh, when you think about uh, the Hiram story, uh, continuing on with uh, with the York Rite and 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 all that without divulging a lot, uh, but uh, uh, that made sense. Uh, but I don't think it's the same for everybody. I, you know, I think you need to find where your interest lies and what you want to learn uh, about the fraternity and, uh, and go whichever path uh, leads you. Skylar, what was your path? So I went through the Scottish Rite first, um, but I was going to say what Daryl ended on is it depends on what your, your interests are. Um, the reason I went with Scottish Rite was I got a, right worshipful brother kim jones at my lodge and he's my mentor and he mm -hmm. took me to a showcase uh and that i thought was pretty interesting because it gave me an opportunity to meet other masons around the, the state there was a lot of people there uh that that was that was my path um i did just join the shrine uh, a few months ago um, but i think it depends on what your your interests are and if you want to if you're big into ritual and, and you enjoy the, the first three degrees, then I think the York Rite is a natural progression to that. Uh, if you are uh, wanting to learn more about uh, masonry and like esoteric stuff, mm -hmm. I think the Shrite is a natural uh, path for you. And if you just want to like hang out and <laughs> relax and have a good time and you know perhaps the shrine is your path so like all all dependent bodies are are great it depends on where you are in your masonic journey at the time where you're ready to to move forward yeah yeah no, i'll just go great. back into the yeah the reason i joined the shrine and 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 i really wanted to you know just their message of uh the children's hospitals uh, and helping kids uh, that wouldn't have access to the medical treatments that they're getting. And, and yeah, they, they do it in such a way to raise a lot of funds. Uh, at the Iowa Shrine Bowls, uh, one of the best 
uh, basically shrine bowls in the country with the amount of money that they raise. Yeah. Uh, and so that philanthropy uh, from the shrine, yeah, they have a lot of fun, uh, but they raise a lot of money. And uh, there's always, always activity. You just look at their calendar. Uh, a week doesn't go by that there isn't something going on. My question to you guys is, did you do it? You know, what was your journey? Like, how long was it? Because I actually, for me, it was pretty much a year in between each appending body that I joined where, you know, I've known people that have, you know, done the one day class, then they did the the Scottish Rite one day class, then they did the York Rite one day class. Was that your journey or did you take some time and focus on each one of the appending bodies? I'll start with Daryl. Uh, no, well, uh, the York Rite was was pretty. Uh, wasn't long after uh, I became a Master Mason because I, a friend of mine, uh, a close friend of mine, uh, basically uh, invited me, and it was a good experience. Uh, I haven't been active as much in New York Rite as I have uh, certainly the Blue Lodge, but uh, I'm you know I'm beginning to become more active, uh, and then. Uh, between that and then uh, Scottish Rite, uh, I'd probably been a Mason maybe five or six years uh, uh, before I became a Scottish Rite Mason. And then uh, more recently within the last, uh, well, I was still Deputy Grand Secretary at the time. So I'd say within five years, I've probably been a Shriner for the last five years. So uh, it, it was a natural progression, but uh, I, I just enjoy all of those. Good. Skyler? Yeah, the Scottish Rite I joined, I think, three months after being raised uh, is about how that fell into place. Uh, and then uh, the Shrine just uh, joined a couple months ago. So I think that was probably two two years after being raised and about two years after being a Scottish Rite member. Um, and with the, the Shrine, they meet the same night as Adel. So um, I can't go to the Shrine meetings, but as Daryl said, the motivating thing for me uh to join the shrine wasn't the the meetings and and being able to uh partake in in that way but to be able to contribute financially through through dues and be able to uh, provide back financially to the hospitals so i don't have to be a part of the meetings and, and attend events to be able to contribute in that way yeah great now, uh, I do have to ask you before we, we let you go, Skylar, you're the master of two lodges. How has the uh, the year been so far? <laughs> it's been busy. So uh, last week we uh, we scraped our popcorn ceiling and, and repainted uh, the ceiling to the walls gray. And we're going to do a tiled floor. We're going to do a cloudy canopy. So we're in the middle of doing some renovations right now with Adel Lodge and uh, so it's been pretty busy, but an exciting uh, venture. And then with Memorial Lodge, uh, that's been awesome as well. We are working with the Iowa Funeral Director Association uh, to do educationals that will be accredited courses for funeral directors. So uh, it's it's been a busy year. That's great. Well, uh, obviously, everybody, everybody that knows you knows that you, you jump into the deep end anything you do. So... Uh, we applaud you for that, and we really are appreciative of you coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Thank you, Skyler. See you Wednesday. All right. Yes. 
<laughs> so, Daryl, we're going to close this down. Um, any closing thoughts that you might have for episode two? Uh, I'm just, like I said, this is springtime, it's spring training. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, I'm ready to get back out on the trail that, that, that kicks off on Saturday and, and, uh, we're going to, we're going to run, uh, we're going to run the race all the way through September. Uh, hopefully we'll touch a lot more lodges. I know a lot of, uh, uh, things are being requested, um, a lot of opportunities to, to meet with Masons across the state, uh, and talk about the theme. It's time to get in the game. It's time to live the ritual. Uh, and I'm excited about that. It, it, it's a perfect time for us to, to uh, recharge, uh, to reconnect, and, uh, and to realign. Uh, I'm really uh, pleased with what's going on, uh, and I'm excited. I know that uh, with the neighborhood area meetings, the, const- the more contact that we have with lodges, that's been an idea uh, for a long time. And it, it's nice to see that, uh, that things are moving in that direction. I think the more contact and communication, that face-to-face contact, uh, you know, one of the things we didn't really talk about, we, and, and communication is key, uh, and we've tried different methods of communication with uh, our membership rosters, and we've kind of kicking back to, okay, we'll just send an email, or we'll send a text, or we'll send, you know, a phone uh, phone message uh, for that. And, and it really hasn't had some of the results uh, that we anticipated, because uh, yeah, a lot of times, uh, emails just go unanswered. Uh, yep. Text messages seems to be more interactive. Uh, a little bit. And uh, we're working on that with Grandview to get that lit back up for some of our lodges that use that through Grandview. Uh, they're about a month away. Uh, but uh, I think this face-to-face is what this fraternity is about. And shaking hands and uh, saying, hey, we're here for you. And uh, we'd like to be more active in lodge. And w- we can help those lodges become and have the tools that perhaps they can, you know, inform, involve, and inspire their membership. And uh, if, if we can just move in that direction, if we can start this resurgence, I call it, uh, I know the uh, Masonic Renewal Committee, they call it a renaissance, and that's a good term too. Uh, but I think it takes a little bit of action on our part, maybe a lot of action on our part, but we can kick this and get this momentum and, uh, and get this going again. And I, I'm really excited, excited for, uh, for masonry, especially Iowa well, masonry. Well, I love it. Let's end on that. Uh, we will have another podcast in the next, uh, month or so. Uh, thank you very, very much for listening to, uh, the Grandmasters chat cast with, uh, Grandmaster Daryl Fremont and myself, Skylar. Thank you very much for being a part of uh, the show and our first guest, And uh, if you're listening to this and you have any feedback, we do now have a Facebook page. It is Grandmasters Chatcast. Uh, All you have to do is uh, search for that on Facebook and you will be able to find us. Until next time, have a great day.